Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Amen. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation this morning. Amen. Out of the New Living Translation, it just says it. different than so we can understand it just a little more Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 5 in the New Living Translation the Bible says this amen I'm excited I just want to start teaching already amen the Bible says this therefore since we have been made right in God's sight by faith we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us just like we heard in the song he went to Calvary for us he shed his blood for us because of our faith Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. He says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Somebody say, I'm going to make it. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because he gave us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And for just a little bit, I want to teach on this topic of endurance, a virtue of resilience. Endurance, which is a virtue of resilience. Father, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord. We thank you for the reading of your word and we thank you for allowing us to be here in this place in your presence father i pray that you would speak to the hearts and to the minds lord of those that are young and those that are seasoned here today father that you would continue to develop character that you would continue to give them endurance father so that they can continue in this race Father, that they may keep their hands on the plow. Father, and that whatever comes our way, Father, it's already taken care of because you are before us. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, I'm so glad, amen, uh, to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Amen. Today. Who's excited, amen? Who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Amen. I'm excited. I'm happy. Amen. I'm glad. Amen. I woke up early this morning, and I just wanted to get right into this message. Amen. It's good to see all of you here in the house of the Lord 
today, representing, amen, our resilient service, amen, but most importantly, being ambassadors of Christ this morning. We're going to talk about endurance, amen. We're going to talk about endurance today. Everybody say endurance, amen. Endurance is a virtue of resilience, amen. For those of you that don't know what the biblical uh, uh, or the uh, 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 definition of endurance is, amen, endurance is the ability to withstand hardships or adversities. That's what endurance is. Amen. It is the ability to withstand hardships or adversity. It's the ability to sustain prolonged stress or activity. That is the definition of endurance. Amen. The definition of resilient, amen, is to withstand shock without permanent deformation or rupture. Amen. It means to recover or adjust to misfortunes or change. It means to recover from force or pressure that has been applied. Amen. And so after reading those definitions of being in, of, of having endurance and of having resilience, uh, I had to ask the question of, uh, do we have any resilient people in the house today? Amen. Amen. Those that have withstood the trials of life, those that, that got through 2020, can you say amen? And that are still pressing forward and that are, are still pushing through, amen. So I had to ask the question, if there's any resilient people in the house of the Lord today, amen. And there are more than a dozen of us that are resilient in the house of the Lord today, Amen. Allow me to share a story with you. Amen. There's a story of this man, amen, by the name of Henry Dempsey. The story goes like this. On a consumer flight from Portland, Maine to Boston in the summer of 1987, the pilot heard an unusual noise near the rear of the aircraft. And Henry Dempsey turned the controls over to his co-pilot and went back to check it out. As he reached the tail section, the plane hit an air pocket and Dempsey was tossed against the rear door and he quickly discovered the source of the mysterious noise. The rear door had not been properly latched prior to takeoff and it fell open. Amen. And Dempsey was instantly sucked out of the jet. Now the co-pilot seen the red light on the control panel that indicated an open door he radioed near the nearest to the nearest airport requesting permission to make an emergency landing. He reported that Dempsey had fallen out of the plane and requested that a helicopter be dispatched to search the area of the ocean. And after the plane had landed, the ground crew found Henry Dempsey holding on to the outdoor ladder of the aircraft. Amen. Somehow he had caught the ladder and managed to hold on for 10 minutes. As the plane flew 200 miles an hour at an altitude of 4,000 feet. Amen. And what is more, as the plane made its approach and landed, Dempsey had kept his head from hitting the runway. A mere 12 inches away, according to news reports, it took several airport personnel more than a few minutes to pry the pilot's fingers from the ladder. Amen. That right there is a picture 
of endurance. Amen. The ability to hang on when it would have been much easier to let go. Can you say amen? And many of you, as you sit here today, uh, have been blessed with certain gifts and certain talents. uh, Amen. And and certain abilities. uh, But endurance comes from God. Can you say amen? Uh, Endurance comes uh, from the Almighty God. Hallelujah. Because endurance is what jumps to the forefront uh, for your success. Uh, It is what drives you. Uh, It is what pushes you. Uh, It is what makes you that no matter what you're going through in your life, hallelujah, that you're going to hold on uh, with every fiber, uh, that you're going to hold on uh, with every being, uh, that you're going to hold on. Uh, Why? Uh, Because endurance is the key that keeps us from giving up uh, and letting go. That's what endurance is. Endurance is is power from God that says, uh, hey, uh, I'm going to keep on marching forward. Uh, I'm going to be steadfast and unmovable. Uh, It don't matter the rain. Uh, It don't matter the wind. Uh, It don't matter if the ground under me is shaking me. Uh, God has given you the ability to endure. Can you say amen? Amen. And so endurance, amen, in our life uh, is the key uh, that keeps us from giving up and letting go. You know, there are so many people that that are in this world today uh, that the first thing that comes to my mind, the first solution uh, is to let go. You know, it's easy for me to, to just let go. People are, are walking away from their marriage because uh, uh, it's easy just to let go. Uh, amen. And live alone and, and do what I want. Uh, and, hand and and whatever it is, there are people that walk away from their kids. Uh, they walk away from their jobs because uh, it gets too hard. Uh, amen. And so we have to bring up and build up a generation uh, that is going to endure the test of times, uh, that is going to endure the test of life, uh, that is going to endure. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And so endurance uh, is the key that keeps us from giving up and let go and letting go. Remember, endurance is the power of going on in spite of difficulties. In spite of, then it doesn't matter how I'm feeling. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter if my back is hurting. It doesn't matter if I got a headache. I'm going to endure to the end. Why? Because God has given me that ability to. Amen. Endurance is the power of going on in spite of difficulties, in spite of, that no matter what, no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, no matter how deep the water gets in my life, amen, God is going to see me through. Why? Because this gift of endurance comes from God. And if God gave it to you, the world can take it away. Can you say amen? Amen. Endurance. 
is the power of going on in spite of difficulties. You see, uh, things around you, uh, they might be falling apart today, uh, but we have to keep our hands uh, on the plow. Amen. As the world says, uh, we got to keep on keeping on. Uh, Amen. We got to hang on uh, and not give up. Uh, We have to have that uh, won't stop, don't stop mentality uh, in the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. You know, when I was in the world, uh, before I came to the Lord, I gave the devil 150%. I was out there in the heat. I was hustling. Uh, I was chucking and jiving. Uh, I was survive. I was in survival mode, baby. I was doing it all. Uh, it didn't matter. Uh, 120 degrees, 130 degrees. I was out there hustling. Uh, but now I come to the Lord uh, and my partner has changed. Amen. Uh, and I got to give Jesus uh, 150% of my time, uh, of my worship, uh, of my praise, uh, of my giving, uh, of my talents. Uh, and I got to endure why? Because he endured for me. Amen. You know, all of a sudden we we come to the Lord and we ought to be the first ones up to worship. Why? Because when we was at the nightclub, Brother Frank, uh, amen, and that song came on. uh, Ooh, that's my jam. And you ran to the front uh, and you were dancing and you were on the speakers and the tables. uh, But then all of a sudden uh, our partner changes. Amen. Uh, So now we got to be the first one up to the platform uh, singing and dancing uh, and doing those things for God. Can you say amen? Oh, man, you know, I'm not even going to reminisce. Because you guys know what I'm talking about. All of a sudden, we come to the Lord. And we don't serve God the way we served him. We were faithful to the enemy. Oh, man, we was faithful. You know, Friday night, we checked out at five. uh, Amen. And we knew we had to work Saturday morning. We went to work hungover. And now all of a sudden, we can't get up at 10 o'clock to be in the house of the Lord. Sober. Amen. Sober. And so we got, to, we got to give God all the honor and all the glory. We got to give him everything in our life. God wants to be first. God don't want to play second fiddle in your life. He wants to be first in your life. And the only way, that's why God gives us the gift. He gives us the ability to endure the hardships of life, to endure the struggles of life. That is a gift that you don't get from the world, amen, because the world teaches just give up and throw in the towel and just go off over there and go do over there. No, God says stick it out because if I am before you, nothing can come against you. Amen. God says, I already done worked it out for you. It's already done. It's already taken care of. It's already fixed. I already made a door where there was no door. I already put a window where there was no window. I already closed that door that needed to be closed. All you got to do is endure. Amen. We got to endure. 
I mean, you heard the Webster's definition of endurance. It is the ability to withstand hardships or adversity. It is the ability to sustain prolonged stress or activity. That's the world definition for endurance. And that's good stuff. It's encouraging, amen. It motivates me. It makes me feel good, amen. They're all good. That's wonderful. That's great. But when we look at his word, amen. When we look in the word of God and we see how this word endurance is used, we find that it means this. Somebody write it down. Somebody hashtag it. It means to abide under. When we look at it and how it's used in the word of God, the word endurance means to abide under. Amen. And I know some of you guys are looking at me like, but, but it means to abide under every time we see it being used uh, in the word of God. Because look at this. Uh, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter 91 and verse 1, uh, the Bible says that he who dwells in the secret place of the most high. He who dwells. Not checks in. Not passes by. The Bible says that he who dwells. Amen. You know what? What it means to dwell? Your house is your dwelling place. Amen. Your home is uh, your dwelling place. It's a place where you dwell. It's a place where you live. And so he's not saying, hey, I don't want you just to visit me from time to time. I want you to dwell right here in this place with me. And he says that, oh man, the Holy Ghost is falling. He says, he who dwells in that secret place, amen, what secret place? That dark closet of yours, that room right there where you get into God's presence, where the enemy can't even find you. He doesn't know where you're at. He says this, he says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high, check this out, shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. Where's my shadow at? Can you see my shadow? Who sees my shadow? It hit me this morning. I was studying and I said, boom, I almost fell off my seat, Sister Janelle. It says, he who dwells in that secret place is going to abide with me. Under my shadow. You know where my shadow's at? It's right here. Under me. You know where I'm at? I'm under that. Being covered by God. Hallelujah. And guess what? Not even Satan can see me. Not even the world can see me. Nobody can see me. Why? Because God has me covered with his shadow. And so wherever where God goes, I'm under his shadow. Everywhere God is walking, I'm covered by his shadow. But how do I get there? I got to dwell in the secret place so that I can abide under his shadow. Woo! You see, it don't matter, Sister Letty, if I bring you up here right now and I tell you, get under my shadow, you won't be able to. You won't. 
Because my shadow is right here on the floor. How are you going to get under? You're going to have to go through the wood. But you see, God says, that's how I'm going to hide you. That's how I'm going to take care of you. That's how I'm going to protect you from evil and from the world. But you got to abide in me for that to happen. Amen. Amen. It's like this scripture right here. Our vision, Matthew 28, 19. Isn't that a, when, when I tell somebody to go, what does that mean? That means go, right? It's an action word. What do they call those action words? Verbs. Not sentiments. Is that what they are? Endurance is a sentiment of, of resilience. Words that mean the same, right? A what? That one. That's all right. I don't pronounce them too well, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Right? You see, but what happens is, he says, Jesus Christ told the disciples, uh, he said, go and do what? And make disciples. That's what he said. And then he said, go and make disciples and baptize. That's what he said. Go teach and go baptize. That's what he said. That's an action verse. That's our calling. That's our, those are our, our, our commandments of the Lord. Those are our marching orders. Amen? Because God don't just say go just because. Amen? But getting back to this, it was powerful because I thought about that and I says, in order for us to dwell or to be under the shadow of the Almighty, we have to dwell in the secret place. And if we're not dwelling in there, then we're not being covered by him. And if we're not being covered by him, then we can endure nothing. We can accomplish nothing. We can do nothing because the Bible says that when you're disconnected from me in John chapter 15, he says, I am the vine and you are the branch. In me, you have life. But when you disconnect, then what does he do? They gather up the branches and they throw them in the fire and they burn them up. Amen. So we have to abide under. That's part of enduring is we got to abide under. Amen. It means to bear up courageously. We have to abide in him. And we have to bear up courageously. It takes courage to serve the Lord. Especially in the time that we're living in today. In a time where people are telling you, you don't got to serve the Lord. You don't got to trust in the Lord. Just trust in your bank account. Just trust in your job. Just trust in your house and trust in your car and trust in this. Well, guess what? You don't have no money without Jesus. You don't have no job without Jesus. You don't have no house without Jesus. You don't have nothing without the Lord because he is the giver of everything that is good. Amen. Amen. 
And so we have to bear up courageously. The Bible says in the book of Joshua, chapter one and verse nine, he says, I have not come. Have I not commanded you? He's looking at Joshua like, what's going on here? Oh, we got to that's how many how many kids? We all got kids. Have I not commanded you? Have I not explained it to you like a hundred times? Have I not talked to you about it? Have I not told you? I, I, I get a kick out of reading God's word. Because I'm like, God is something else. He's something else. And you know what? How many of you are watching that Chosen? How many of you are watching it? I love it. I, I like it. My wife and I, we were watching it, and I, and I love it, and I like how it, it you know, it, it tells the story and, and, and the Bible and all that stuff. But I think that a lot of times, uh, uh, amen, uh, um, Hollywood paints, pictures, uh, paints a picture of Jesus as being real passive. Now, I know he's a God of love, but he's also a God of judgment. Amen. And they look at it and they're like, Pastor, you don't talk the way Jesus talks in the movie. Well, I don't think he talked like that back then either. That's Hollywood. Amen. He stood before the people and he said, hey, guess what? The wages of sin is death. He dropped the mic and he walked out. What's nice about that? That's convicting right there. That's, oh, man, I need to get right or I'm going to get left. And so Hollywood has this tendency to paint Jesus Christ like this. this. Now, don't get me wrong. He is a gentleman. He's going to stand at the door and knock, and he ain't going to kick his way in. But if you let him in, you better be ready to be judged. Amen? Amen. And so I got that because I thought about... When he said, have I not commanded you, Joshua? He said, tell this to my people. Have I not commanded you? He says, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When you go to the mall, guess who's with you? God is with you. When you go to the workplace, guess who's with you? God is with you. When you go into the market, guess who's with you? God is with you. When you're driving in your car, guess who's driving with you? God is driving with you. And he says that if I am with you, do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed because I got you. You know, I think we forget I think we forget who's on our side. Amen. You see, people around you, they might give up on you. People will walk out on you. Friends will change. Atmospheres will change. Jobs will change. Friendships will change. All these things will change. But my God says I will never change. I am the same yesterday. I'm the same today. And I'm the same forevermore. And so if I'm the same all the time, then I'm telling you where you're at, I'm going to be. Amen. 
We're ambassadors of Christ, the Apostle Paul said. You know, the ambassador has power. The ambassador has authority. When he walks in the room, everybody sits down and stays quiet. You know, an ambassador for the United States of America, he walks in with the confidence uh, and the backing of the United States president and the government. Uh, he doesn't walk in. Uh, he doesn't be about no shenanigans. Uh, he's not about nothing. This is what's going to happen. Uh, this is what we're going to do. Uh, and this is how we're going to do it. Uh, and if you're an ambassador of Christ, uh, you walk in with that same uh, confidence. Why? Because uh, it's not the president that has your back. Uh, it's somebody greater than the president that has your back. Uh, hallelujah. And he says, whatever, as long as you represent me well, uh, I got you. Oh, man, too many passive Christians, uh, sissified, uh, sitting in the corner, don't want to talk, uh, don't want to step out. You know, Brother Richard, I've had all kinds of jobs uh, that I'm not even qualified to have. How'd you get that job? Talk to him. You ain't even qualified. Huh? How many words a minute can you type? I said about 10. And they gave you the job? No education. No degree. Nothing but Jesus. And getting raise after raise, promotion after promotion, passing people up with a degree and this, uh, man, making doctor money. I wish I, I wasn't making doctor money. Now, now I'm taking it too far. Jesus said, calm down. But you know, you got those people that won't apply for a job because they're, they're insecure and they feel like, no, I can't do that. Yes, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Step out, apply. Walk into that interview with Jesus. Amen. Let's move on. We have to abide under. Amen. And we have to bear up courageously. And lastly, it means to tarry or to wait. I like this one. It means to tarry or to wait. Amen. In Luke chapter 24 and 49, Jesus says this. He, saw, he says, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. He says, but tarry, but wait. In the city of Jerusalem until you are endowed with what? With power from on high. Amen. You see, you and I, we don't have power until it's endowed from on high. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You see, we don't have power to turn from sin. We don't have power to push away the bottle. We don't have power to push away the pipe. We don't have power to restrain ourselves until we're filled with the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's where we get our power from. You know, good old Henry Dempsey, the one that was hanging on that ladder, he, he, he would have just said, hey, just hang on for dear life. 
Amen. But you know what my God says? My God says that when you've done all that you can to stand, stand some more. Hallelujah, that's what he says. He says, when you've done everything to stand, he says, stand some more. He never said, give up. He never said, throw in the towel. He never said, take a break. He never said, take a sabbatical. He said, hey, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. When you stand, stand some more. Amen. You know, you ever... Work with somebody, you're like, hey, I finished that job right there. I finished digging that trench. You ever have somebody that's working with you, uh, Brother Albert, that says, hey, uh, uh, Albert, I'm, I'm done digging that trench. We'll dig some more. Does that ever happen? I need you to dig to here. We're going to do that whole job, but just dig to here right now. And dug to there, okay, well, now what else do I do? We'll keep on going. And that's what God says. God says, when you've done all to stand, stand some more. That's encouraging, church. Because we're living in a time where the easier thing to do is to cut and run. That's the easiest thing to do is to run in the opposite direction. Why? Because it takes courage to stand. And so it takes more courage to stand some more. And it takes more abiding. Amen. My God says this in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. Amen. I'm talking about endurance, which is a virtue of resilience. Can somebody give him a hand praise this morning? Amen. I don't know about you, church, but I'm encouraged. Because there are times when I don't want to stand. There are times when I am weak. And God has to remind me, hey, you didn't get this far on your own. You think you could stay sober for 16 years? You think you have the ability to buy your own house? You think you have the ability to go pick your own wife? Oh, y'all are laughing. God gave her to me. Amen. And so when I look into God's word and I see that, that I can endure because of him, that encourages me. That makes me want to go further in him. Amen. The Bible says this in the book of Romans chapter 5 verses 3 and 5. And we read it, but I want to give it to you in the message translation. Because this is powerful right here. He said, there's more to come. More? There's more? God has more for me? God has more for you, brother. 
He said, I know he do. He's got more. He's got more for you. And he's got more for you and he's got more for you. You know, my God is not like like those other gods that only got one bag of chips and we all got to share it. God got a bag of chips for everybody. Amen. He got a bag of chips for everybody. You got to have your own bag and more. Amen. He says this, there's more to come. That's how he starts it out in the message. There's more to come. That's encouraging. There's more to come. And so what does he do? He says, hey, there's more to come. So let's continue to shout our praise uh, even when we are hemmed in with troubles. Oh, you guys aren't shouting about that. He says, hey, there's more to come. So let's continue to shout our praise unto him even when we're hemmed up in our troubles. That's what he says. Even when you're hemmed up in your troubles, we got to continue to praise him because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience. Somebody say patience. Patience. Woo! Somebody say patience. patience. He says because we know that troubles can develop passionate patience in us. And that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue. You know why an ironsmith puts his iron in in hot fire and needs to get it to a certain temperature before he can start banging on it to shape it into the shape that he wants it to? Then the Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Some of us need to be put into the fire and some banging needs to happen so that God can create something sharp, nice, and beautiful because that Oh, my God, you guys aren't hearing me today. Come on, church. He says this. He says that patience through our troubles, amen, in turn, it forges and tempers the steel of virtue. You know what else it does? It keeps us alert for what God will do next. It keeps you alert for what God is going to do next. He says, we are never left feeling shortchanged. That's what the word of God says in the book of Romans chapter 5. Verses 3 and 5, he says, you're never going to walk away from after you heard my word. You're never going to walk away feeling shortchanged. Why? Because we listen with faith, right? We listen with faith. What kind of faith? Faith that that word is true. Faith in that that that's going to be the word that's going to get me through. God, thank you for answering my prayer. Thank you for 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 giving me a an encouraging word. 
walking out that that word, I'm going to hold it close to my heart and I'm going to live by it. I'm going to walk by it. I'm going to speak by it. I'm going to see by it. I'm going to apply it to my life. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Amen. That's powerful. He says, we are never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. Quite the contrary. He says, you cannot gather enough containers to hold everything that God generously pours out into our lives through the Holy Ghost. What did the prophet tell the woman when he came to visit? He said, make me something to eat. I'm hungry. She said, well, all I got is a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And as a matter of fact, me and my son, we were going to fix our last meal. And then we were going to go off over to the side over there and just die. He said, no, bring it here. Fix me something to eat. You know, church, God is not asking for a whole lot from you. All she had was a little bit to offer. And out of that little bit, he set her her up for life. As a matter of fact, he gave her so much, she didn't even have rooms, pots to put it in no more. And so God is just asking you today, just give me a little bit that you got. And that little bit, I'll make it into a whole lot for you. That's what he says. My God don't lie. You know, we feel we have this thing where we got we to gotta come into church already, right? No, we come to church to get right. Amen. Amen. You know, I got a brother in California who's a, a little bit younger than me. And, you know, he's got his issues and he's got his things that he's doing. And, and, and I always tell him, hey. You need to go to church, man. Come to church. No, I'm waiting until I stop doing this, and I'm and I'm waiting until I stop doing that, and and I'm waiting until this, until you know, once I change. And I says, you know, you're not going to change until you go to church. You know, we don't get healed until we go to the doctor. Amen. And so we got to come to the hospital to get well. You know, I was telling somebody, uh, I think I said this out loud one day, that I'm going to change the sign, Brother uh, Richard. I'm going to change the sign outside. And I'm going to put in big red letters up on the church that says, Urgent Care. Everybody that is sick, come on. Amen. Everybody that is sick, come on. Come on in. Amen. I want to share three points with you real quick. Three practical points that are going to help you preserve, uh, persevere and endure in your life and in your walk with the Lord. Amen. The first one is this. The first practical secret is to accept the unchangeable. Accept the unchangeable. You know, many times we're trying to change an individual. We're trying to change the situation. 
But only God has the power to change an individual. Amen. And so God says we have to accept what we can't change. Amen. Accept those things in our life that cannot be changed. Whatever it is. Unfavorable circumstances, tragic events, irritating people. Amen. Be it good or be it bad. Those things are in your life to help shape you, to help mold you, and to help form character in you. Amen. You know, when you look at the life of an oyster and the pearl, we see a beautiful picture of a positive response to life's irritants. The pearl is a product of pain. Amen. It is a grain of sand that slips into the shell of an oyster and it begins to irritate that oyster. Amen. It begins to bother, bother that oyster. It begins to rub that oyster in a bad way. This alien substance just entered into that oyster's life and became an, a nuisance for that oyster, became a, an irritant for that oyster. Amen. But what happens with an oyster is that the oyster begins to release a healing fluid into that area that is being affected. I'm going somewhere with this. These fluids that would have remained dormant, that it would have remained asleep, that would have remained unused, amen, had this unwanted and unwelcome substance had been kept out. So in other words, these fluids never would have been let go into that area that needed healing had that irritation not slipped into their life. And so what that oyster does is that eventually this irritation, this alien substance that entered in, this irritation is covered and it's healed by a beautiful pearl. And can I tell you today, church, that no other gem has this story. No other gem in the world has this story because that pearl becomes a symbol of stress conceived through irritation and is born of adversity. Had there been no wounding, had there been no struggling, had there been no irritation, there would have been no pearl. And can I tell somebody today that God allows those things to come into our life for a reason. He knows where you're at. As a matter of fact, he got you right where he wants you. You know what the Apostle Paul said? He said, Lord, can you remove this thorn from my side right quick? 
Come on, God, can you just remove it real fast so I could keep on going, so I could feel good? And God says, no, because if I remove it, then you're going to stop praying. You're going to stop reading your word. You're going to stop fasting. You're going to stop trusting in me. And so God allows us to go through these tests. He gives us the endurance to go through these tests so that we can shape he can forge that steel within us. Can you say amen? So you and I, amen. James says this in the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 and 4, in the Phillips translation. He says, when all kinds of trials crowd into your lives, my brothers, don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. Realize that they have come to test your endurance, but let the process go on until that endurance is fully developed and developed into mature character. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you got to stay in it. I remember a sister came to me one time and certain things were happening. And the advice was given to her that she needed to leave the home. And so nowhere in here am I saying that we got to put up with that type of behavior. But what I'm saying is that God gives us a mature mind through these things in him to make the right decisions. Can you say amen? Oh, somebody give God a round of applause this morning. We have to accept the unchangeable and we have to adjust to obstacles. Somebody say adjust. We got to adjust to obstacles. Amen. Can I read you another story? A young naval captain was commanding his first battleship. And as it pierced through the ocean one night, a light was spotted in the darkened distance coming directly toward the ship. And so the commander of that ship radioed saying, alter your course 10 degrees. And the reply came shortly. No, you alter your course 10 degrees. The young naval captain sent a, an angry message saying, alter your course, I am a destroyer. And a reply came quickly, no, you alter your course, I am a lighthouse. <laughs> we have to alter We have to adjust to obstacles. Adjust. You know, adjusting is hard sometimes. Because sometimes we can be so set in our ways. So set in our ways that we will not adjust. We'll tell the lighthouse to move before we will move. And what happens? You run right in to a block wall. Because we didn't learn to adjust 
to obstacles. Amen. The Bible says this in the book of Proverbs, chapter 22 and verse 3. It says, a sensible person sees danger and takes cover. But the inexperienced keep going and are punished. Now, this comes with the understanding that circumstances, some circumstances are unavoidable. Disappointments are certain. Amen. Obstacles are certain. Losses will happen. But those that endure, those that persevere, those that will adjust to the obstacles are the ones that will make it. Can you say amen? Amen. Thomas Carlyle said this, the block of granite that was an obstacle in the pathway of the weak becomes a stepping stone in the pathway of the strong and overcoming. Amen. Remember, Zechariah 4 and 6 says that it's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Isaiah 54 and 17 says that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that comes up against you, amen, will be brought down and condemned amen and so when the obstacles of life are stacked up against us we have to learn to adjust how we can do it by going around we can do it by going over and we can do it by going under but we have to learn to adjust can somebody say amen amen and lastly my last point for you as we close. If I can just ask you all to stand to your feet. This. Morning. In church, we talked about a lot of stuff today. We talked about abiding and having courage and waiting, accepting the unchangeable. Adjusting to obstacles. But I think this last point right here sums it all up. we have to abide with patience. Isn't that the hardest thing to do, church? Abide with patience. Margaret Thatcher said this. She said, I am extraordinarily patient provided I get my way in the end. I got patience. 
because I always get my way. Good for you. God's waiting room is the most difficult place that we'll have to wait in. Because I know some of y'all have been praying. You've been praying for loved ones, for family members. And you're saying, God, I've been praying for years and nothing's happening. And I like how the Bible translates patience. It's translated as long-suffering. Hi, Sister Lethe. You're not only waiting, but you're suffering while you're waiting. And it's long. waiting for somebody to change their ways it can be long but that's how the Bible translates patience long suffering another translation says this it says long tempered Patience is the ability that keeps us from blowing up when we don't get our way. Oh, help us, Jesus. That's what the Bible says. Long suffering. Long tempered. That's that virtue. That's that endurance that God gives us to keep us from blowing up when we don't get our way. And so the secret to being patient have long suffering to be long tempered is abiding in the Lord the more time you spend with God the more time you spend in a relationship with God the more long tempered you're going to find that you're going to be because we begin to act like Jesus we begin to walk like Jesus we begin to talk like Jesus we begin to respond like Jesus you know Jesus never screamed at nobody he just spoke the word amen 
the secret is abiding in the rest of the Lord. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 30, Jesus says this, Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened. The, new King, the, the King James says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Church, you won't find rest in the world. You won't even find peace in the world. He says, my peace I give unto you, not like the world gives it. If you want true rest, if you're tired of being sick and tired, if you're tired of living the life that you are living, the only rest, real rest and true rest is going to be found in the Lord. You know what makes us resilient? It's not us. We're resilient because He is resilient. First. We are resilient because we have a resilient spirit in us. Remember, it was the Spirit of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It wasn't He Himself who raised Himself. It was God in Him that raised Him from the dead. Remember, great is the mystery of godliness that God was manifested in the flesh. Jesus Christ as a natural man, had no power to do nothing. Just like I, as a natural man, have no power to do nothing. But when His Spirit abides in me, just like it did in Jesus, then that makes me resilient. That gives me the endurance to press forward. That makes me steadfast and unmovable. His spirit in me. Endurance. A virtue of resilience. Amen. I want to open up this altar just for a few minutes. Amen. Or for as long as God wants us to have it open. Because I feel in my spirit that somebody needs to come to this altar. It's been struggling. Or you have a family member that you need to stand in the gap for. Last night, yesterday, we heard a powerful message from Deacon Ernest Woods on the kingdom man. 
Bible says that Ezekiel looked out and he says, hey man, God's getting ready to destroy this place. And he was just looking for one man who would stand in the gap and I found none. And I know that there's at least one man in this place that is willing to stand in the gap for their family. There's one individual in this, in, the, in this place that is willing to stand in the gap for somebody today. So we want to give that opportunity as we open up this altar. In Jesus' name.